So let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, and we just want to read uh, verse 15 and 16 this morning. It says, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the Lord said, uh, sorry, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Let's open with a word of prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day. We, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be together in this place and to spend some time around your word, uh, particularly, Lord, as we head towards Christmas, Lord, this special time of the year where we remember the birth of our Saviour. We, we pray, Lord, as we continue to consider Luke chapter 2 this morning, we pray that you bless our time. Uh, Lord, I pray you give me uh, wisdom and, and guidance as I preach now. I pray that be your words and and your thoughts, Lord, and that you would speak to each of our hearts, that you would uh, teach us through your word this morning, that, Lord, you would uh, refresh us, and, that, Lord, we would leave this place uh, knowing that we've been in your presence, Lord, and singing praise and glory unto you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, last Sunday morning, of course, we began to look at Luke chapter 2, and we saw the angel's proclamation in verse 8 to 14. We saw how the angel came to those lowly shepherds in the the field outside of Bethlehem. And the angel declared unto them the wondrous truth that Christ, the Savior, was born in Bethlehem. And of course, when the angel made that proclamation, he was then joined by a multitude of the heavenly host. These shepherds were surrounded by all these angels giving glory to God. Glory to God for what they had witnessed taking place in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, and that's verse 14, where it says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You know, these lowly shepherds, you know, they had the wonderful privilege of having the, the birth of the Savior declared unto them. You know, and it wasn't declared unto them in a, in a, you know, a very calm way, was it? It was declared to them in a magnificent and glorious way. They had a real privilege here as the angel declared unto them the birth of their Savior, their Messiah. And you know, their response to this message, to this good news, these glad tidings, is now of utmost importance, isn't it? You know, they've been given this wonderful privilege of hearing that Christ the Savior is born, given this this message, and their, their response now is utmost importance. You know, what are they going to do with the message from the angel? You know, in reality, they have two choices before them, don't they? You know, they can either choose to believe the message from the angel, accept the message from the angel, and go and see, or they can reject the message and remain still, remain indifferent towards the message given to them. You know, praise God, we find in verse 15 that when the angels had departed immediately, these shepherds desire to see this for themselves. They immediately desire to find this one born in Bethlehem. You see, the point is that these lowly shepherds believed the message. They believed the glad tidings, the gospel that was given unto them. You know, they were not skeptical, they were not doubting, but rather they believed in faith. You know, their faith in God here is clearly seen by their actions that follow. 
Now, James tells us that true faith is demonstrated by our works. Just turn over to James chapter 2 with me. James 2. I know the verses we know well, but let's turn there anyway. James chapter 2 and verse 17. <clears throat> James 2 verse 17 says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Now, James talks about the fact that faith is demonstrated by our works, by our actions. And, you know, that's the case here with these shepherds. Their actions that follow demonstrate their faith clearly unto us. And so this morning I want us to consider four evidences of the shepherd's faith. The four evidences of the shepherd's faith. The first evidence we see here is in their desire. Their desire. Verse 15, it says, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go, even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Is anyone else hearing this go loud, soft, loud, soft? It's really annoying me. <laughs> sorry. We see the angels' desire, oh, sorry, the shepherds' desire. Now, the first thing that we notice about their faith here is their great desire to see what the angel had declared unto them. You know, verse 15 begins by telling us that as soon as the angels had gone away from them, as soon as the angels had gone back into heaven, immediately they say to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem. You know, this really is the critical moment, isn't it? You know, the, the message has been delivered unto them, the, the gospel message has been delivered, and now this is the critical moment where they have to make a choice, isn't it? The angels have left, they're left alone, they have to make a choice now, a decision as to what they're going to do. You know, they'd heard the message and now they must decide what they're going to do with it. As we said in the introduction, you know, they had a choice to either ignore the message or to accept the message and act. You know, this is, this is true every time the Word of God is preached, isn't it? Every time God's Word is preached, if we're sitting in the, in the pews listening, then we have a choice to either listen and accept God's Word as truth, believe it, and then act upon it, or we can choose to ignore it and do nothing with it. We make this decision every Sunday, don't we? every Wednesday night, every time we hear God's Word preached, even every time we read God's Word, we make this decision to either accept and believe and act upon it or to reject it and remain still. You know, when the message of salvation is preached, this is the choice that the unsaved have. It's this same choice, this choice to either accept the gospel message and believe and be saved or to ignore the gospel message and continue on their path to hell. Now, in Acts 26, verse 28, King Agrippa declared to Paul, he said, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. You know, King Agrippa, in that moment, he made his choice, didn't he? He made his choice. Paul had declared unto him the truth, and he made his choice, and his choice was not to act. That was his choice. He made a decision not to act when he heard the message. You see, King Agrippa heard the message, but he failed to act. There was, there was no desire for Christ in his heart. There was no faith. 
You see, this is not the case here with these shepherds. They heard the message from the angel and immediately there is a desire. There is a desire from the shepherds to now go and see for themselves this one that is their Messiah. Now, there's no hesitation here from the shepherds. There's no questioning what they just heard and what they'd seen. There is simply a desire, a eagerness to get going and to see this one for themselves. The words where it says here, the shepherds said one to another. Those words said one to another here are in the imperfect tense, which according to Robinson suggests to us repetition. In other words, it's not the idea that they said it once. It's the idea that they repeatedly said to one another, let's get going. Repeatedly they said, let us go to Bethlehem. See, the point is there's an eagerness here about them to see the Savior. There's an eagerness to get going. They're, they're saying to one another, let's get on the road. Let's go. Let's get going. There's an impatience, if you like. Now, let's leave the sheep. Let's get moving. Let's go see this one who is born. They want to get going. There's an eagerness about their voice here. And so they repeatedly say to one another, let's go, let us go to Bethlehem. You know, the shepherds could have used their sheep as an excuse, couldn't they? You know, they could have been like King Agrippa and said, you know, you know at a more convenient time. They could have used their sheep. They could have used the, the hour of the day as an excuse to go at a more convenient time. The shepherds didn't. And the reason is because of their faith, because they believed the message from the angel. And so there is now a desire, there is a, an eagerness, a passion to go and see for themselves. Nothing is going to stand in their way. Nothing is going to slow them down. And indeed, their great desire here, their eagerness demonstrates to you and I their faith, doesn't it? You know, if they didn't believe, if there was no faith, there wouldn't be a desire. There wouldn't be any eagerness to go. It demonstrates to us their belief of the message. You know, the same can be said for each of us today. You know, faith in God fosters a desire for the things of God. Faith in God produces a passion for God. It produces a passion, an eagerness for Him. You know, it's a lack of faith or a weak faith that leads to you and I being disinterested in the things of the Lord. We find ourselves becoming disinterested in the things of the Lord, disinterested in going to church, disinterested in serving Him. Well, there's a problem with our faith, isn't there? There's a problem with our faith. We may be saved, but we've got a weak faith because we've not grown or we've grown away from the Lord. See, a lack of passion, a lack of desire for him demonstrates a lack of faith or a weak faith. Beloved, the deeper our faith, the greater our desire to serve him. The deeper our faith, the greater our passion for him is. The greater our desire to put him first, to be faithful, to serve him. Beloved, if we don't have that passion, that desire, there's something wrong, isn't there? There's something wrong with our faith in God something wrong with our understanding of God's word. If there is no passion, if there's not, then you and I need to get back to God's word and get close to him. Increase our faith. So we have that passion, that desire to serve him. Beloved, the question is, what does our desire say about our faith? 
Now, the shepherd's desire clearly demonstrated their faith. What does our desire say about our faith today? The second evidence that we see here is in their declaration. The evidence in their declaration. Verse 15 again, it says, And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. The second thing we see here is that is their declaration. Okay, their desire demonstrated their faith. Their declaration now also demonstrates their faith. You see, in verse 15 we read that the shepherds declare, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass. That statement, see this thing which is come to pass, is of utmost importance here. It demonstrates to you and I their faith. It declares their faith. See, there is no doubting here of the message from the angel. The angel had declared that the Savior, the Messiah, Christ, the Lord, born, and they believed it. They believed it to be so, to be certain fact. To them, it had happened because God said so. Notice that they don't say here, you know, they don't say, let us go to Bethlehem to see if this thing has come to pass. There's, it's not if, it's not a question. It's not, let's go and see if the angel is telling us the truth. Now, if they'd said that, then straight away we'd, we would see a lack of faith, wouldn't we? Straight away we'd see a weak faith. Because a statement like that would show doubt, would show unbelief. They would have been questioning the message from the angel instead of accepting the message. But no, praise God, we read here, we don't see them questioning, we don't see them doubting, but rather we read, let us see this thing which is come to pass. You know, that little word is really is so important, isn't it? That little word. Let us see this thing which is come to pass. There's no doubt in the shepherd's mind that the thing that is declared unto them is true, has come to pass. And so they are going to see. They're certain of it. that They're going to find this babe wrapped in swanly clothes, lying in a manger. And love like the shepherds, our faith is demonstrated by what we say and by the way we say it as well. You know, our witness for the Lord, you know, it ought to be a bold declaration of what we believe with all of our hearts. A bold declaration of what we know to be certain, what we know to be true. You know, we ought to be able to declare it unto others without a shadow of doubt. There shouldn't be any doubt in our voice as we declare our faith, as we defend our faith. Now, First Peter 3 verse 15 the verse we know well, it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh your reason of the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. We're told in First Peter to be ready to give an answer. You know, that answer needs to be a certain answer, doesn't it? It needs to be, I know God's word, and I know this to be true. To be able to declare our faith with certainty. Now, if when others ask us the reason of our hope, we say, I think, it doesn't betray a lot of faith, does it? 
I think, does not portray faith. I know betrays faith, doesn't it? Declares our faith. Beloved, we ought to be able to say, I know. I know for a certainty that this is what God's word says and I believe it. I know it to be true. God said it and I believe it. Beloved, if we're saying I think, then what it declares is that we have a lack of knowledge of God's word and we have a weak faith. We have a weak faith. We don't really understand what we believe. Now, Paul in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 12, he tells us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. The point is, after we're saved, we're not supposed to just sit back and you know, do nothing. After we're saved, we're now to work out our salvation. We're to grow in our knowledge of God, our knowledge of what He's done for us, our understanding of His Word. You see, beloved, the greater our understanding of God's Word, the greater our understanding of what He's done for us, the greater our faith. It increases, it strengthens our faith, which in turn then gives us boldness to be able to stand and declare our faith with certainty unto others around us. We see the evidence of their faith in their declaration. Thirdly, now we see the evidence in their deeds. The evidence in their deeds. Verse 16, it says, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, sorry, the babe lying in a manger. <clears throat> We've seen their desire to see that which is declared unto them. We've seen their declaration of their faith. And now thirdly, we see their faith is evident by their deeds. Verse 16 starts out by saying, they came with haste. They came with haste. You know, what we believe will affect how we behave. What we believe will affect how we behave. As we mentioned in the introduction, you know, James speaks about faith being demonstrated by our works. And that's exactly what we find here with the shepherds. Their faith is demonstrated by their actions. Their faith affected their actions. They, they believed the divine revelation that was given to them by the angel, and they showed their faith now by their deeds. And in particular, the deed that's highlighted for us here is that they left their sheep and came with haste to Bethlehem. And it says at the start of verse 16, and they came with haste. Now, if the shepherds had made no attempt to see Christ, we would be left wondering if their belief of the message was simply verbal assent, wouldn't we? Now, if they had made this declaration but then didn't do anything, we would be left wondering whether their faith was real, whether they actually did believe, or they just made verbal assent to it. You know, James points out to us that verbal assent is not enough. Just go with me, James chapter 2, where we were before, but from verse 19. Verse 19, it says, Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Now James, point, James points out here that verbal assent is not enough. He says, the devils also believe. The devils know the truth. 
devil and his angels, they know the truth, but that doesn't save them. You see, verbal assent or head knowledge is not enough. As he says in verse 20 there, faith without works is dead. Faith produces a change, doesn't it? It changes us. It produces action. And the shepherd's faith here is clearly shown to us to be much more than just verbal assent as they now act. As their faith produces action. They come with haste to find the baby. You know, the deeds of the shepherds in going to Bethlehem here also demonstrates you and I their obedience to the divine revelation that's given to them. You know, the angel had told them in verse 12 that they would find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. That was the sign that was given to them. We looked at that last Sunday. You know, that sign that was given unto them placed the responsibility upon them, didn't it? Placed the responsibility upon them to now go and look for the baby for themselves. They've been given the message, they've been given a sign, but they had to then act, didn't they? They had to act in faith and go and find for themselves. They had to obey the message. You know, the same is true for us as well. You know, when the Word of God is made known unto us, then like the shepherds, we have a responsibility to not only believe, but then to obey. To believe and then obey God's Word. To act upon it. You know, God doesn't give us His Word simply for us to hear. God doesn't give us His Word simply for us to learn about. God gives us His Word to hear, to know, and then to do. As James chapter 1, verse 22 says, But be ye doers of the Word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. I'm sure we know that verse well, but that's the truth, isn't it? When we hear God's Word, we have a responsibility then to do, to act upon it, to obey it. Responsibility to act in obedience to the truth. And beloved, if we truly believe God's word, if we truly believe it to be God's revealed word to mankind, then you and I have a responsibility to obey what we find therein, to act upon it in faith. Beloved, our works demonstrate our faith. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 11 is a good example of this. Just turn over there. Second Peter. Second Peter 3 and verse 11, it says, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? If you draw back to verse 9, Peter speaks about the coming judgment and God's long-suffering. We just start there. Verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but his long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. For the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Verse 9 and 10, Peter speaks about the judgment that's coming. He speaks about the Lord's long-suffering unto this world. And then Peter says in verse 11, seeing that all these things shall be dissolved. Seeing these things are fact. This is going to happen. What should happen to us? What should it do to us? Well, it should change our conversation. It should 
make us, cause us to want to live holy, godly lives. That's what it says at the end there. What manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversation and godliness? If these things are truth, if these things are fact, then it should produce a change. It should produce action in our lives. And beloved, that's true with all of God's Word, isn't it? Not just this one passage. All of God's Word. If you and I understand God's Word, we believe God's Word, then you and I have a responsibility to act in accordance with God's Word. And beloved, if we don't act in accordance with it, then what it shows is that we have a lack of faith, doesn't it? It shows that we have a weak faith. We say we believe it, but we don't act upon it. Beloved, I wonder today, do our deeds declare our faith? Do our deeds declare our belief of the truth of God's eternal word? Lastly, here we see the evidence in their dedication. The evidence in their dedication. Verse 16, again it says, And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. The last evidence that we see here in this passage is the dedication of, Sorry, their dedication to the truth. You know, we've perhaps already seen something of their dedication in their desire and also in their deeds. But we want to just briefly focus on their dedication as a separate point. You see, we see their dedication clearly presented to us here in the words, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. You see, it's this word found here that is of utmost importance. This word found means to find out by search. To find out by search, it implies to us diligent effort, earnest effort to find the babe. See, the shepherds, when they came to Bethlehem, they had to diligently seek for the Lord. They had to go looking for him until they found him. You know, they knew what they were looking for. They've been given the sign, haven't they? You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. They knew what they were looking for, but they still had to put in the effort, didn't they? They still had to go and look and find to receive the blessing. You know, in verse 12, it says this, it says, And uh, this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in in a manger. That word find there in verse 12 is a different Greek word to the one that's translated found in verse 16. This word find in verse 12, it speaks about reward or blessing for the one who is looking. It's a promise that upon looking, they would find the baby. Upon looking, they would have the blessing of seeing the Savior. It's a promise. A promise that's given unto them by God. The word found in verse 16, it speaks about the effort to obtain that promise, to obtain that blessing. One's the promise, one's obtaining it. It speaks about the diligent search. You see, God had told the shepherds about the promise. God had given them this promise of blessing. But the shepherds were not given it on a silver platter, were they? It wasn't just given to them. They had to go and search diligently and find it. They had to put forth diligent effort to find the baby, to see Christ the Lord. They knew the promise, but unless they put forth the effort, they would have missed the blessing on that night. You see, 
you know, the point is the shepherds, they didn't have a half-hearted look. You know, when they came to Bethlehem, you know, they didn't stop looking because the first stable they came to was empty. And then he'd come to that one and go, oh, well, the angel was lying, let's go home. They didn't give up. There was not a half-hearted effort here in looking. This is a diligent search. They kept on looking until they found the baby, until they found the Christ, lying in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. Beloved, why were these shepherds so diligent, sorry, dedicated in their search? It's because of their faith, isn't it? That's the simple reason. They wouldn't have been dedicated in the search if they didn't believe. Their dedication shows us how much they believe, how strong their faith in God here is, in the words delivered unto them. They believe the word of God. They believe the promise that was given to them, and they searched until they obtained, until they found that blessing. Their dedication speaks volumes about their faith. Once again, we can see a lesson for our own lives today. Beloved, our dedication says a lot about our faith, doesn't it? Our dedication says a lot about our faith. A lot about our belief for the truth. You know, there are many promises that are given to us in God's Word. Many promises that God has given to us as believers. And some of these promises are dependent upon what we do, aren't they? It's a promise of you shall find if you diligently seek. For instance, you know, there is the promise of great reward in heaven one day, isn't there? For us as believers. A reward that is dependent upon what we do while we're on this earth. Just turn with me to 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians 3 and verse 12. <clears throat> First Corinthians 3 verse 12, it says, Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, Silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built, uh, hath built thereupon, he shall receive the, a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, I know we know this passage. First Corinthians is speaking about this day when we will stand before the Lord and we'll give an account to Him. Give an account to Him of what we have done for Him here on this earth. <clears throat> and there is a promise of reward if we are faithful. You know, if we're faithful with the talents that He's given us and we labor for Him, there is a promise of reward one day. On that day as we stand before Him, our works will be tried, as it says, by fire. And we will be rewarded accordingly, according to what is left, according to what sorts they are. How dedicated, beloved, are we to obtaining the prize that is before us? It's a bit like shepherds. We've been told, you shall find. We've got to now diligently labor towards it, don't we? Put diligent effort in. Now, in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14, Paul declares this. He says, I press toward the mark, the prize, for the, sorry, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, Paul knew what it meant to be dedicated, didn't he? Paul's dedication is clearly seen there in his, his remarks that he's pressing toward the mark for the prize. His eyes was on, was on the goal. 
That's what he's laboring for. That's what he's striving for. Striving to please the Lord, striving to bring glory to his name so that when he got to heaven, he'd hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servants. Beloved, I wonder how dedicated are we to the things of the Lord? How dedicated are we in striving for him, in searching diligently for that which he's promised to us? Striving to obtain. Beloved, our dedication, or lack thereof, speaks volumes about our faith. Speaks about whether our faith is strong or whether it's weak. Whether we have faith or we have a lack of faith. Our dedication to the truth, our dedication to the Lord. Beloved, in the shepherd's response here this morning, we've seen clearly evident for us their faith. Their faith is seen in their desire, it's seen in their dedication. Declaration. It's seen in their deeds and in their dedication. I wonder this morning how evident is our faith to those around us in each of these areas as well. Let's close in a word of prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for these these shepherds, Lord. We thank you for their faith. And Lord, we thank you that their faith, Lord, produced a change, Lord, a change that is clearly evident. We see it in their desires. We see it in their their declaration, in their deeds, and in their dedication. Lord, I pray that the same might be true in each of our lives. Lord, that you'd help us to be in your word each day, that you'd strengthen our faith, and that, Lord, as others look at us, our faith would be clearly evident, Lord, through each of these areas. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to number 90, sorry, 100. Number 100.